everybody that's listening on this uh, podcast today. Uh, this is Alex Tenney from We Play Games over in Las Vegas. They have two locations in the Vegas area on the east and the west side. Um, so, that, you know, Alex, thanks for being a part of the podcast, and we definitely want to give you and your company a shout-out. So their website is WePlayGamesLV.com. That's W-I-I PlayGamesLV.com. Really cool play on words there, especially since for the video game industry, which is huge. Um, and for us here at Crystal Commerce, one of our premier retro video game stores, uh, they're located there in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. So, um Let's think about this. Rewinding when I first met you guys, uh, we were at the Gamma Trade Show in Vegas, and um, I met you at the East Las Vegas location. And I have to tell you, for me, it was by far my favorite retail gaming experience that I had the pleasure of walking into. I'm serious about that, too. Um, We appreciate that. Once I walked in, they gave me an idea. I was like, yes, this is like the store for me. Um, I looked to the right of the house. And it was like I was being like pulled in by some kind of gravitational pull, everything video game culture. And then to my left, I'm a TCG guy, I like magic. And I was like, oh, sweet. I have all the magic stuff from the left side of the house. And I was like, of course, you guys carry much more than just those two things. But for me, it was like very apparent. Um, so if you guys are ever in Las Vegas on the east side of the uh, city or on the west side of it, definitely go check out the two locations they have there. And so um, – You know, Alex, to me, the American dream is to run a business with your family. Um, You know, you pass something down to your children or someone else in your family as well. Um, Let's give the listeners a little backstory of how the two of you got started, you and your dad. Um, His his dad's Mickey, by the way. And um, tell the listeners about We Play Games and how it all began. All right. Well, you know, a long time ago when I was in, I'd say middle school, my dad owned a store called Game World. It was uh, pretty big. They also had two locations. Um, He was forced to close it down due to my grandma. She got sick. So when I graduated high school, I was either going to go to junior college and play baseball or, you know, decided to spend a little more time with my dad. And we opened up a small store. And then, uh, you know, from that point, we just grew, 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 grew. And I mean, that's really like the small backstory on it. I mean, I'm sure I could talk about it for hours and hours. <laughs> we got time. Anything in particular well, I mean, you want to talk about for the listeners? Sure. Um, let's see. It was pretty much the day I graduated high school. We opened our location uh, about a week before, actually. Uh, I came here. I worked another job, and I was helping my dad out in the store. And then eventually... It was just easier. We both thought the same. We both had the same ambition, the same ideas. So we just went with it. We started opening up uh, trading cards, board games, slowly by, you know, slowly, little bit at a little. We opened up, I think we have four or five suites now in one location. And then we opened up another store. It's just crazy how fast we grew. That's great. Man, thank you for that. Um you know, it's funny, like, I have kids, too. I have two young boys, but one's 14 years old, so he's going to be going into uh, his freshman year here. And so, but there's a saying, you know, you should never mix family with business. Me, personally, I've never been a fan of it, and obviously, you're living it. Um, yeah. <laughs> you mentioned you guys are on, like, the same wavelength when it comes to your thoughts. Um, mm-hmm. Has it always been this way? Um, yeah, I think so. Um I wouldn't recommend mixing family and business. I think it's a terrible idea. Um, <laughs> my dad and I are probably like the only exception, I would say, because everything we think about, we think the exact same. 
Um, I mean, we definitely argue sometimes, but it's, I mean, we can get pretty loud with each other, but it's not about arguing, you know, to prove somebody wrong. It's just to find the best option to do. Sure. So I think that's probably why we work out very well together. That's awesome. Um, so, I mean, this is unique and, you know, there's a lot of other game and hobby or video game retailers that are probably similar to you. They're probably passing the business down to the kid or their kids actually working with them and vice versa. Um, if you reflect on like some of the strengths between the two of you as a father son team, you guys have, um, between like, what are the keys to both your successes, you know, despite, you know, being father and son, what do you guys do that, what are your strengths on those? Like, you know, because well, I mean, a cool thing is, so here at the store, the way everything is set up, it requires, you know, pretty much, I like to call it a babysitter to watch all the employees, make sure everything goes smoothly. And, with two of us thinking the exact same way, it's like the same person is always here seven days a week without being here seven days a week. So that's a pretty good benefit for that. Um, I definitely think that by us having, you know, two people, it makes the store a little bit easier to run. When we're both here, we, we take the slot of almost three or four employees just because we know how everything, every corner of the store. So running around, grabbing something, helping customers out is a little smoother just because we're more advanced at it. Opposed to imagine if you're just one business owner having to have employees. I mean, I'm sure everybody knows that not all employees are the best employees and they take a lot of training. It's a lot of hard work. You get irritated sometimes, but. Sure. With, yeah, with my dad and I, you know, when it comes to that part of it, we don't get aggravated with each other because we both rely on each other. We both know that we're going to do the, the same thing that the other person would do. No, that's great. Fantastic. I mean, it's kind of neat because I, you're kind of transparent because obviously you guys don't always see eye to eye. It sounds like you guys kind of massage things out um, when you guys have your differences. But again, it's all for the greater good of the business together, which is really neat and very unique. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, definitely. So you guys definitely share like probably the same goals, but do you guys have goals that he has that you don't have and that you have that he doesn't have? Uh, I'm sure. Like my goals aren't always to stay in the retail market. Um, You know, I'd like to buy land strips to where the people who are running the retail market are paying me to have their store there. That's my goal where his goal is probably, you know, to pass it down to me. So, <laughs> so it sounds like land strips is probably the next, you know, several, the te- next decade. <laughs> That's the plan. Okay. Slowly, but surely, you know, you got to have something out of reach to fight for. So that way, you know, you keep going. If yeah. you can just grab everything, what's the point of doing what you're doing? That's awesome. So you guys like dual CEO, you guys have two locations. Um, when you guys sit down, you know, in your respective places and try to do the, you know, the brainstorming, um, how do you guys come up with your goals as a company? Uh, well, you know, we, we do a lot of research. We look at other companies, you know, for instance, Toys R Us just recently is going out of business. Tomorrow. Um, we've spent several weeks I and mean, one of us is at Toys R Us almost every day talking to their general managers, their liquidators, and we're really learning on why they went out of business and we're trying to not do the same thing. So we do research constantly about 
how other business run their stores. And we don't really look at the smaller stores as much as the bigger ones because that's the goal is to be bigger, you know, like Walmart, Target. I'm not necessarily saying we want to compete with them, but the goal is to be big like they are. So they're doing something right. So we want to learn what they're doing correctly and implement it into our stores as best we can. That's fascinating. So these people at Toys R Us actually open the doors for you guys to actually pick their brands. Uh, you know, some of them are more willing than others. And when somebody, you know, helps us out and allows us to get in their brain, we definitely take full advantage of it. So That's awesome. So hey, uh, if there's a golden nugget to come from the learnings that you guys learned about with, you know, the, some of these people at Toys R Us, is there anything that you grabbed from that that you can share? Um, you know, a big thing is I think customer service is a huge thing and knowing how to buy. Now, there was a story we heard from a manager that I believe Toys R Us, they found over $200 million in like inventory in their trailers in the back of their stores that they just forgot about. Stop. There was a store in Washington that had uh, 160 of the land speeders. They cost around $800 a piece. Why would one store order 160 of those? I mean, I don't care who you are, but selling 160 to land speeders, $800 a piece is going to be pretty difficult. And, you know, when you overorder like that and you have multiple locations doing it, it's only going to be bad from there. And this isn't a trailer? Well, like, you know, they have the trailers or their uh, 18-wheeler trucks and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, the little freight trucks. They're just yeah, sitting so. there on the property. Yep. Man. It's crazy. Can't sell what they can't see. No. <laughs> Sometimes you can't sell everything either, so you got to be very careful on sure. you know, how much you order. Like, here at the store, we sell sleeves. I sell a ton of Dragon Shields, but I'm not going to order 30000 of Dragon Shield White. It's a little unrealistic. I mean, it'd be great, but... That's what I mean by overordering. There's no point. Yeah. You know, you can order a thousand, sell out of those. It'll probably take you a year or so, and and then you order another thousand. That was a smart move, especially when it comes to buying. Um, yeah, here's a funny one. You know, I, I have conflict with this myself with my older kid in high school and all that, but you're past that. But um, since you and your dad are together in this business, do you guys still on vacations together, though? Uh, no, we do not, unfortunately. <laughs> um, it's just really difficult. Usually when he takes a vacation, I'm watching the store, and when I take a vacation, he's watching the store. I think uh, there's been a handful of times, you know, probably eight in the last seven years, where we've both been out of the store at the same exact time, and it wasn't for very long. Wow. So do you guys um, stay claim to one location, or do you guys diversify yourselves between the two locations? Pretty much equally. So, um, physically, I stay at the east location. I'm rarely at the west location. Only, you know, I was there to set it up to give ideas to teach the managers over there how to run it successfully. Um, I do everything online through Crystal Commerce. It makes it quite easy to run multiple locations that way. Awesome. Thanks for the plug, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, going back to the listeners, giving them what they want to hear. So, we play games. You know, when I was in there, you guys are really well diversified when it comes to the product lines and the services you guys provide. Um, mm-hmm. Tell the listeners a bit, 
you know, because you're talking about retailers right now, you're talking consumers right now, maybe in distributors. Um, tell these people what options that you guys give to your customers as part of your services when they, somebody walks in your doors. Okay. Well, I mean, the size of our store here now, um, we are a huge video game store. Um, I believe we dedicate almost three... 3,000 square feet to just video games where we carry everything from, you know, Atari and up. We, we definitely took on the trading card market a little bit ago and we've been pretty successful. I can see comfortably around 180 kids in here. Um, and then I can break out more tables and start squishing some people together. Um, here in Nevada, I'd, I'd probably say we have one of the largest selections of magic, the gathering and Yu-Gi-Oh and Board games, this is something we've probably started in the last three years, so we're picking up a little bit. Definitely have over 20,000 different titles for board games for people to choose from. And then we offer like other services like um, disc resurfacing, uh, battery replacements. We refurbish some systems. Um, I have employees here that we, you know, we try and run demos for card games at least once a week. We choose a new card game, and I'll schedule a day where they do Dragon Ball Super or Yu-Gi-Oh, Magic. We just try and run events like that to help people out. That's awesome. Um, I'd imagine, like, inside the store, when you have this kind of diversification, um, it pre presents, like, some really good cross-sales opportunities for you guys. Um, you know, you ring these people up. What are the two most common product categories that are sold that come across at the same time? If you know a person maybe buys a video game and buys a card, or buys a board game, buys some cards, or a video game, what's like the most common? Um, you know, to be honest, you'd be surprised. A lot of people are into all of them. Um, I would say that board games and trading card games are probably the two items sold together the most, but. Everybody who walks in looking for trading card games always ventures to the video game section. And I would say at least 50% of our customers end up buying a video game when they came in for trading cards. So, I mean, that's pretty good if you think about it. Yeah, so, so I'm hearing this. Like your customers, you're basically – your store has so many products that someone's – you bet that someone's going to pick up a product. And it doesn't matter what category it is. They're just going to get fascinated. They're going to get sucked in by the impulse and they're just going to pick it up. Yeah. Um, when I worked, uh, I worked for a retail store. It was American Eagle. They were really big on their conversion rate. So number of customers walking in and then number of customers walking out buying something. And they focused highly on everybody who walked in would buy at least something. And that's what we try and focus on. So we try and help everybody, whether or not they spend a dollar and they buy a soda, we, we deem it as like a successful transaction because that person buying a soda in return, is gonna um, he's gonna come back. He's gonna buy cards. He's gonna buy a board game, maybe a video game. So that's what we really focus on here. That's awesome. You know, you mentioned American Eagle, so you worked retail before. So, and you're talking about conversion rates for every person who walks in that door. Um, <clears throat> do you guys make sure you guys are counting the door counts of people walking in the store every day? Um, no, we don't really do that. I'd love to. Uh, we thought about getting like a security system with the panels where we put a sticker on everything and then when they walk out, it would beep and we'd have to deactivate it. Uh, getting a system like that, there are some that will count foot traffic, but we really just, I rely on a lot of our employees to just be on top of helping everybody. 
in that way. That's awesome. I don't go through all the hassle of counting and, you know, sure. finding everybody for not helping as many people as they should be. We just try and do it in other ways. Gotcha. All right. So, you know, given these entrepreneurs we work with and that you're surrounded by as well, um, the people that are using Crystal Commerce or even not using Crystal Commerce, maybe there's some startups out there. Um, if you were to do a retrospect review of your plan of action, which you guys did in the past when you opened up both of your stores, what would the top three items be um, that, that you would definitely repeat if you were to restart your business today? Okay. Um, well, if we were to restart, um, I would probably do it the same way. I think we got really lucky by starting with video games. Yeah. Um, definitely moving into the trading card games next was also pretty good. And then when it comes down to like either toys or board games, I'd probably say board games. It's just more universal with trading cards. People who play board games, they like the trading card aspect, so they're going to play a card game, most of them. So I, I would say it would be video games, trading card games, and then board games. Okay. A um, little more golden nuggets. What sort of strategies do you deploy uh, to attract more foot traffic to come into the doors of the store? Um, well, I mean, we rely on a lot of uh, word to mouth. So customer service here is we do our best to help every customer as best we can. So that way they, in return, they come back and they not only come back, but they tell their friends about us and their friends start to come here. Um, Facebook is a big thing, posting our events, sharing in different groups. We've created several groups for all the major card games and board games here in Las Vegas. No so we control most of those groups. So posting in that, everybody just, you know, they're waiting for an event to happen. So they're following us there. Um, Google and Yelp, those are pretty good ones. Uh, we, I think we do Foursquare as well. Uh, I mean, that's pretty much it that I can think of off the top of my head. So I haven't come across this before. Mm. Um, so you guys actually deployed – seven groups for the games you guys support inside the store. Um, <clears throat> might as well do it while we're here. So everybody, everybody is listening. What are those, uh, those groups? Uh, well, we have like Las Vegas, Yu-Gi-Oh players, Las Vegas, Pokemon players, Las Vegas, magic players. Um, a lot of them start with Las Vegas. So Las Vegas board games, um, we play games has its own miniature group as well. Uh, Dragon Ball Super is a new group that we just created a little bit ago. Uh, we did have Hero Clicks as well. So, I mean, um, if you search up Las Vegas Pokemon, most of them should come up. That's awesome. So you're you're building community around your business and making sure that all gamers of all types actually know about your biz in Las Vegas. Yeah, we've. Uh, I mean, when we started out here there wasn't many stores to compete with. So we had to do something to make us stand out. And it's a good thing. Cause now I believe there's 27 different stores that sell like magic, the gathering and other trading cards now. So back when we started, there was three. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. So do you have a dedicated person that actually does all your social media, uh, outreach and communications or is it just kind of, um, we try and, so the way I schedule is I have, you know, people who are more familiar with video games, stay on the video game section, people who are more familiar with the trading card <clears throat> section. And then I have the people who 
they know, like most of our employees know everything over time. You're going to learn it. But then I have the guys that really familiarize themselves with everything. And those guys run around to help break every other side. But each side runs a different part of the Facebook group. So my video game side will do video game posts. Trading cards will do a trading card post. My guys in the middle will do board games and Warhammer or whatever else is new. Um, lately, because we've been in the middle of construction a little bit, we've slacked on that. So here in the next week or so, we're going to get a, on board again. That's exciting. Is that So construction's on the East Store or the West Store? East Store. So that's when I visit it. That's nice. I'm excited to see it, man, when I come in next. You'll um, be uh, blown away. It'll be completely different. Is it really? So you got uh, more space or? Uh, we bought a suite out next door. So um, we did a lot of the work ourselves, blowing out walls. We learned how to do tile. Uh, we learned how to do T-grid, which is the, the little uh, uh, ceiling tiles everybody hates to change. <laughs> sure. So we learned a lot doing this. Saved a lot of money doing it ourselves. I mean, tile is just insane so we went with like a luxury floor uh luxury vinyl learn how to install that ourselves and we just went away with it my goodness so how far along the build out are you guys you almost done or where you at um we are i would say 90 percent done with it um if you were to come in you wouldn't be able to tell that we're still under construction because uh you know i'm pretty good at hiding it i don't like the customers to see some stuff but the back room we're still working on and uh, we're waiting for a few more displays. Um, I bought a few stuff from Toys R Us. So I think they completely go out of business at the end of the month and we'll get the rest of our displays. That is slick. I heard they go out of business tomorrow, though. Uh, yeah, I believe their, their store to the customers closes. But if you have stuff there, you can go pick it up. You know, I was just mind blown by that. When I heard about it in the fall, I was just mind blown. You know, I grew up going to Toys R Us. Um, I know, it's a... Uh, it's a crazy hit. You know, I Googled what the causes were for the, the, the breakup of Toys R Us, and uh, I didn't realize that back in 2000, they signed a 10-year agreement where they actually offloaded all online sales to of the game and, or the toys and games category, and Amazon fulfilled 100% of it. Mm -hmm. that, was scary. Crazy. that was scary to me. So, well, speaking of that, so... You know, you and Mickey, what has kept you guys' business healthy and thriving over the years? Um, I would say it's our dedication is one, and uh, we like to refer to ourselves as like sharks. Uh, sharks always have to keep moving or they die. Okay. So if you look at every year, we've either grown a store, we expanded into a second store. We're always adding something new to our product line, always expanding the stores, always moving. So by us always adapting, opening up new sections, maybe learning something new and then implementing it into the store, which is a big change. And that's pretty much what's been keeping us alive. That's awesome. So is your plan to nail the East store and nail the West store and open a third maybe? Um, you know, possibly. Yeah. Uh, big issue is there's only two of us and three stores can be a little difficult. So we'll see how that goes. It is a plan. Okay. Uh, we had an option of either moving our East location to another section of Las Vegas, opening a third location or expanding this one. So we went with expanding this one this year. 
then, you know, who knows, next year we might open a third store. That's awesome. Um, you mentioned earlier about events are a big deal for you guys. They're definitely a big deal in our industry, being game and hobby, video games, you know, e-gaming, stuff like that. Events are huge. It keeps people in, you know, puts butts in the seats. Um, what do you guys do that, you know, packs your house for these gamings and events? Um, well, we run multiple events at the same time. So the disadvantage of being a, a smaller card store is, let's say, Friday night, everybody runs Friday Night Magic. You know, they're getting 20 people, 30 people, and that's it. They get, That's all they can run. Here, I have enough space to run Friday Night Magic. Uh, we do Pokemon League, uh, Dragon Ball Super tournaments, Card Fight Vanguard, Buddy Fight Vanguard. And we're, we have enough space to run all of those events by, you know, captivating on those key days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, running multiple events. Everybody can come to them, and that's how we just stay packed. That's awesome. So you guys are, like you mentioned, you guys are always moving. So you're always, so you're running multiple events at the same time, as well. It is a handful. Yep. My goodness. So, um, how many employees do you guys have? Uh, I want to say at each location, there's at least twelve employees. You guys are doing a lot with twelve employees. Yeah, seven to twelve. I mean, it fluctuates depending on the time of year. Christmas yeah. season, we you know we have a little bit more. Um. Wow. It's tough. At one time, I would say Friday and Saturday are our busiest times. We usually have about six people working at the same time. Um, and then total, we have about nine, I think, at my east location and 12 at the west. So, Gotcha. Um, if you had advice for a newcomer that's mm. coming into the retro game industry or even the new game industry on the video game side – um, if you had three tips you'd share to somebody inside that community of, you know, entrepreneur trying to jump into retail, what would they be? Um, well, definitely research whatever you're getting into. Um, you got to learn your market before you just try and open a store. I would say that you got to be pretty dedicated. Like you don't have to have a passion about what you're doing. You just have to, you know, learn how to do it. Um, what was it? I think... Mark Cuban said uh, that, you know, if you follow your passion, you can't be successful at it. You have to follow what you're good at because that's what's going to make all the money. I'm sure he didn't say it exactly like that, but that's what I got from it. That's funny because I have Mark Cuban on my screensaver. Yeah, he's a good guy, man. I love watching Shark Tank, so. Oh, man, he's awesome. You know, my screensaver says work 24 hours a day like someone else is trying to take it away from you. That's how you have to think. There's always somebody out there trying to. Take something away from you. Like I said, when we opened the store, there was three stores. We became highly successful in it, opened up this huge location. Now, all of a sudden, there's 27 other stores trying to take it away from us. So that's how we look at it. So how and many, I don't really, What was that? How many years have you guys been in business? Uh, seven years and a few days, actually. So Congratulations on the anniversary. Yeah. So you're telling me that – just several years ago, there was no competition in Las Vegas in this in your sector. And today, there's 27 retail stores in your, in your backyard. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so when we did uh, Return to Ravnica, yeah. we had a pre-release for it. It was like one of our first ones that we got to finally run. I think we had 180 people for the pre-release. Wow. Now, 
and that's because there was that was for a midnight. There was only two other stores doing it. Now, I mean, Magic's gone downhill a little bit. I think now we we don't even do midnights anymore because it's not really worth it. Really? So when seventeen other stores are doing a midnight pre-release, everybody's gonna get twenty or thirty people. It's not worth it. Like my sleep is more important. We can just run the three events the next day and Sunday and capitalize that way. Yeah, because there's no way you want to keep staying up on Saturday nights at four o'clock in the morning just to do some events. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. When we first started, we we I would say we put in tons of hours. We work seven days a week. Uh, running magic, we tried to push that community so we'd stay until like two o'clock in the morning every Wednesday, Friday, Thursday. Now we don't have to do that so much. Uh, we've gotten the hang of running events, getting them a little smoother. So we don't have to stay as late. Usually close at like 10. <laughs> gotcha. Better than two in the morning. You know, we appreciate you guys using we, uh, Crystal Commerce, you know, inside your stores. Um, for people that might be in the video game industry or, or even game and hobby industry for that matter, that are thinking about using Crystal Commerce for the video games or other games, um, to you guys, you and your dad, what are the biggest benefits that you've enjoyed uh, by using the Crystal Commerce platform to you guys in your opinion? Um, well, I really, you know, it is irritating sometimes. Uh, POS is, you know, sometimes slow. There's always issues with anything you use. Um, out of all the other softwares, Crystal Commerce is the best one, in my opinion. I, I like really how I, I'm able to run the other store without being there. I can see how much money they're making, what they're selling. Um, I'm able to change prices. The POS is, you know, it's pretty advanced in what we do. I run the video game side as I do trading card games. So in trading cards, you have near mint, lightly played, heavily played, moderately played. On the video game side, I do loose disc, uh, complete in box, game in box only. And we break it up that way with another POS software. I'm sure it would just be game price done. So mm -hmm. Crystal Commerce gives us a little more diversity to help out all the customers. A lot of collectors, they want to know what they're buying. So no, that's great. I appreciate that. So you guys got the big construction thing going on. I'm sure you guys got some other big news. We play games. Um, you know, before I let you go, tell us what's on the horizon for you play games uh, from today going to the future. Well, um, with our expansion, uh, now it gives me a lot more room to carry toys and comic books. So that might be a new thing we're going to look into. Uh, we're going to start carrying posters, um, not just like small posters, but, you know, showpiece posters that people are going to want to hang and display on a wall and make it the centerpiece of the wall. Mm -hmm. um, more statues, more high-end toys, you know, I'm carrying a lot of more uh, Gundam models. So we're going to see how that goes. Oh, that's awesome. You know, so like the posters, you can be doing like, I, I love posters myself. I got my kid a double-sided um, Skyfall poster for James Bond. Like the, the official one, you can I throw the light through and it uh, comes through. I haven't put it in a frame yet because those things are expensive. But um, that's I really love posters. Kind of tickles me. You're going to be jumping into that. So um, yeah, we're to into it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Alex, I want to thank you for your time. Um, I also want to thank all the listeners as well for you know uh, listening to the podcast out there too. Um, I want to say, don't forget to check out the two locations of We Play Games on the east side or the west side of Las Vegas. And if you go to their website, 
That's WePlayGamesLV.com. That's W-I-I PlayGamesLV.com. Um, check out what they have to offer. They have a full you know, spectrum of toys and games and things you guys can pick up. And, um, and besides that, a big thank you again. I appreciate Alex your time today. Yeah, I mean, thanks for giving me the opportunity. I mean, hopefully I get a little better at it and we can do more. <laughs> hey, I'd love to do another one too. I mean, shoot, we can definitely, you know, because everybody's going to be hearing this stuff. And so I definitely want to promote your business out there also. And so if you want to schedule another one, uh, maybe in a month or so, we can do a follow-up. Sure. If everybody liked listening to me, I, I don't mind talking to them. So. <laughs> hey, so if you guys listen to this, be sure to click share. Check out all the different Las Vegas uh, uh, event pages or uh, community pages that We Play Games has. And, uh, you know, make sure you guys plug in. So, hey, again, Alex, thanks for your time, buddy. Hey, thank you.